Uh-oh, the sky is falling. UCLA, in its secret scrimmage, couldn't beat Santa Clara. Uh-oh. That's not good. You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Yoxhammer. And thanks for making the show your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, subscribe if you're an everydayer. You heard us talk about Ethan Garber's last couple episodes in reaction to the UCLA dominant win over Stanford. What's UCLA's quarterback situation going forward? Officially, we will not know because Chip Kelly's not going to answer those questions. But we can answer more questions such as what does UCLA need to do to improve between now and the season opener after their, their quote-unquote secret scrimmage Final score was reported of sorts. This episode, though, is brought to you by Prize Picks. I'm not sure that Secret Scrimmage Report will be a prize pick, but if you want to go make your own prize pick, go to prizepick.com slash locked on college. Use locked on college as the code for first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. So, how do UCLA, how do the Bruins improve? Well, if you've already watched and listened to this part of the podcast and you're trying to comment at the show, tweet at me and comment on the episode, whatever it is. You're like, Zach, yes, UCLA lost supposedly 64-53 to in the secret scrimmage over the weekend. They did not have a Delboda. They did not have Bereke Buyang Tunchel and Adaimara, names we will consistently try to get correct and butcher all season long. Those are three guys who could equally start or play the majority of the games or expected to be UCLA's big key pieces. Who were the three players for UCLA and then some that did not play in the Bruins' loss in their Spain trip? Hmm. I believe it was an Adembona, it was a Berke, and it was a Dai. Those three guys did not play. And if Mick Cronin's saying, we're going to emphasize playing big Bruins basketball, we're emphasizing the post, the bigs this season, well, UCLA losing by 11 in a lower-scoring game is not the worst thing. I know players can spread the wealth. Coaches spread the wealth. Maybe they can choose certain situations based on how the scrimmage is played. It's not the same as a regular game intensity, although McCronin certainly will bring that out there. It's interesting for the Bruins to see that they keep the defensive intensity, obviously, when it comes to lower scoring games, but they lost to Santa Clara, who is trying to take a big jump up in the WCC now that BYU has jumped and bolted for the Big 12, they might see some love in WCC basketball this year. Who knows? They're a 23 and 10 team, and they're returning a key guy, Carlos Marshall Jr., who had 16 points that missed the majority of the season last year. I didn't do a full deep dive in the Broncos other than the record, but let's go back to last year's secret scrimmage. All right. What can you tell from last year's secret scrimmage? UCLA won a high scoring, fun battle against San Diego State. We're like, hmm, interesting. What does that mean for the Bruins? Well, the Bruins are good. Who did they beat? San Diego State. Where did San Diego State finish last year? In the national championship game. So, yes, they do not mean things if for the Bruins you're playing without two to three starters or two to or three significant contributors, at least going into the season. We expect these guys, obviously a dumb bona, and some combination of Buying Chunchel and Daimara, 
are expected to be significant pieces. Mar lottery talk. Uh, Berke is someone who could arguably be someone even more impactful early in his UCLA career than Mara can, either off the bench or in a starting role if the Bruins go extremely, extremely big as they slowly work Bona back into complete health as slowly as humanly possible. So while last year the Bruins played a good game and beat the national runners-up at a preseason scrimmage, that's something to take an eye on. Maybe Santa Clara was playing with a lot of guys over their heads. Maybe the Bruins played bad. The one thing that's scary, though, is... The Bruins in that scrimmage a year ago, not that you can really compare, but they really were successful shooting the three ball. Hawkins and Tiger, which they didn't necessarily do throughout the year, hit some threes. The Bruins, without the bigs, and if the Broncos could clamp down on the UCLA guards, that's the big thing. Can UCLA shoot the basketball? Can they shoot it? Can they score? And while I didn't see anything about a Lazarus Stefanovic stat line or Dylan Andrews stat line, I believe on the day we post this podcast, it's actually his birthday, so happy birthday, Dylan Andrews. The Bruins guards are going to have to be able to shoot the ball from deep. That is the biggest thing. Can they score, make shots? Mick Cronin can do as much as he can to get them open screens, get the big the ball. That is the scary thing when it comes to later in the season. You need a big shot, a big bucket. Who's going to knock it down? I'm not too confident in who that is just yet. Mac was someone who was teased early in the summer, especially by me, looking to Cronin, looking at those stat numbers where he scored quite a bit of points and took a lot of shots. Andrews is improving. We'll see how that changes his dynamic and his need to take shots. Mick Cronin's imploring him to take the open shots this year. Can Will McClendon improve the athleticism and confidence in his overall body and then hit some threes potentially in this year is Lazar going to be a lockdown shooter or is he going to take more mid-range shots I don't know those are the things those guys need to work on beyond players I did not even mention because this is a whole team-wide effort for the Bruins to get ready for November 6th when they open the season now will it look a little different when they play an exhibition against Cal State LA on Halloween night and everything in between certainly I'm expecting a Bona and Berke and Mar to play maybe hype up the crowd a little bit still Slightly shocking that UCLA lost. You can't take everything out of it, but now you think of it, their last two quote-unquote competitive games in Spain and now here to Santa Clara in a game that's semi-reported. I was reading Saturday Out West, reading the Trilly Donovan page, who sent out a crazy bunch of secret scrimmages reports. So this is all reported. Still, it's not the – it's interesting, right? It's an interesting thing that UCLA did with the reported secret scrimmage that – Kind of has notes, doesn't have notes, everything in between. One of the things UCLA posted recently, the UCLA Athletics, uh, not Twitter page, UCLA Athletics overall YouTube page, they post a, a Q&A with Mick Cronin. And what he talked about, they're asking many different questions, similar questions that reporters have asked, but more of a Q&A informational video for the fans. One of the quotes he said is, when talking about playing in the Maui Invitational and playing in different things in bigger games, you're going to play games you're not ready to play. It was a quote that kind of stuck out to me. I didn't really pay attention, but for some reason, that quote stuck out to me. You can use it as a life lesson. Sometimes you play games you're not ready to play, whether it's life, big lessons, big life lessons, and then there's the simplified sports version of that, which is what Mick Cronin said. You're going to play games you're not ready to play. And maybe the Bruins aren't ready to play without their bigs. That's certainly not the case when you have no Bona, no Berkin, no Mar. I know Nuba's supposed to do some fun things. Devin Williams, even Brandon Williams, 
in a variety of ways in a versatile role. Still, the Bruins probably aren't ready to play a guard-oriented offense here in late October. How does that change to March? Can someone blossom into a great shooter? Can someone take control of the offense consistently and just be that floor general? It's expected to be Dylan Andrews early on in a battle between the Jan Vides and the likes of Will McClendon, different guys who can bring up the basketball potentially up the floor based on what the role is being asked of by McCronin. Still, you're going to play games you're not ready to play. Is that what UCLA is going to do when they have to go to Honolulu to play the Maui Jim Maui Invitational? When they have to go to games across the country at Nova, when they go play Ohio State, when they host Maryland, will they be ready for those games? Will they be ready to play Marquette in their first big-time, prime-time matchup in the non-conference schedule? Will they even scare us in a weird game in the early stretch where they play those mid-majors? All viable questions now. Yes, you don't want to flip it upside down and talk about how crazy it is that they lost to Santa Clara without three significant players playing. Still, they're not ready to play the big dogs yet if your guards can't do things and can't score. Now, to rebound and play defense, you're missing your best defensive player, maybe your best rebounder, your most talented, unique international players. That That is something to be said that Santa Clara probably wouldn't have been able to account for if they played. That's just putting out the facts. Still, UCLA is not ready to play the big dogs yet. They'll get there, and it's going to be a trying season. I do believe they should be in the preseason top 25, which is funny saying that they just lost to Santa Clara, albeit with their starters out. Now it's up to Mick Cronin, get the team ready, and I want to see these guys play. October 31st is that exhibition game, and then November 6th is the day we get all excited for and prepared for UCLA to show off the new squad, completely new squad of sorts, replacing all the talent of last year. No Tiger, no Jaime, no Dave Singleton, no Amari Bailey, right? This is a different team. No Jalen Clark, different team, which we hope can have its own unique identity. It's going to be big. Rebound the basketball, play defense in the tactic glass. And you're not going to do that when your three best players at probably doing that, potentially doing that, are not playing in the game. So, Freak out a little bit, but in the grand scheme of things, development will be slow for this team potentially, unless Mick Cronin has just found the great talent portal across the across the globe, right? The NBA, I just think, set the record for the most international players on opening night rosters. That is how good the globe is getting at the game of basketball. So we'll see if Mick Cronin's the first to really jump into it in college basketball as much as he has this season. Only time will tell. And I'm super, super excited to see what the Bruins can bring. Now, what's coming up next for UCLA football? You got the the traveling circus that is the Colorado football fighting Buffaloes. I made that up. Colorado Buffaloes coming in for homecoming weekend, which will be a, a sellout crowd. Even more tarps coming off, uniforms, everything for UCLA football. But what do they have ch- wanting for a 10-win season, going for a big bowl game? Maybe on the outside looking in for a potential Pac-12 championship game berth. A lot looking ahead, yes. But what do they have and what stands in front of them from succeeding in those goals from here to now? That coming up next on Locked On UCLA. Well, Chip Kelly's not telling us who's winning the current battle for the quarterback job. What you can do if you're a small business, you can go find your new potential hire because it might feel like a high-stakes wager. Maybe it's not a quarterback job position opening, 
but any position open, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, which is why if you check out LinkedIn Jobs, they help you find the right team people for your team faster and for free. They've got screening questions that makes you makes it easier for you to focus on getting candidates with the right skills, experience, on just interviewing those right candidates and then eventually coming out with the correct hire. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors, right? You want that right player, that right teammate with the correct attitude. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Cruising on, second segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Let's get rocking and rolling. We're going back to the gridiron. UCLA football 5-2 and two overall this year. 3-0 and oh at home. 2-2 two and two in conference play. Their only two losses coming on the road to ranked opponents in pretty close battles where the Bruins hit themselves in the foot and it had a lot of true freshman mistakes, a couple of defensive mistakes in the Oregon State game. But for the most part, the Bruins have looked like a solid football team this year in a season where we didn't really know what was going to happen. A new D coordinator, defense that we were hoping would be good. And then now we have the question marks at quarterback in terms of good and bad things. Garber's played well, confident, building his way into a role as a veteran player who knows the Chip Kelly offense, keeping himself poised and prepared for the opportunity. And he ran with it against Stanford. Now, is it most likely that he'll be doing it against Colorado? Probably, even though Chip Kelly has said it wasn't a benching, it was a Dante Moore injury status that led to early week openings for Garbers to run away with the role in the previous week of practice. But we can think differently about what Chip Kelly says in those regards. The Bruins have Colorado, Arizona on the road, Arizona State at home, USC on the road, and California at home in the last battle between the Golden Bears as conference rivals before the Bruins will pay them to not play them in the Caltex. I mean, that, that, there's the whole joke about that too, right? And then that might or might not even happen besides the point. Five games remain for UCLA in the regular season with the postseason bowl, dare I say, an outside chance at the Pac-12 title game. Let's take a quick look at this schedule, right? You've got Colorado. UCLA opens as three-score favorites. I hesitate to go three-score favorites with this one. Colorado is a weird team to predict. I'm confident in UCLA's ability to win that game, absolutely, especially at home, a rocking environment. I just don't know what Colorado is going to bring off the bye after a, an, an infuriating loss, blowing a 29 nothing lead at home to Stanford of all teams and losing in double overtime. They've had a propensity to play close, late, drama-filled games against an Arizona State, against Colorado State, against Stanford, kept it close against SC, and maybe the one good, good football team they played in conference play, Oregon, came with a message at Austin and just absolutely blew the brakes off them. Still, I hesitate to go 17 points favorites for UCLA in that game, but I do think they can win, and they can win it by two scores. It's just a matter of how good is the UCLA defensive front at getting against the poorest Colorado O-line predicting Shadir Sanders. And I think they'll be successful. I just, it, it depends. I We'll see. I do believe the Bruins should be confident in playing Colorado, although who knows what they've changed during the bye week. And then you've got the likes of Arizona, which, depending on how controversial I can be right now, could arguably be the most tough game remaining on the schedule. Yeah, I said that. 
Yes, SC is going to come with his own troubles and plans. They've still got Caleb Williams. It'll be a USC home game. And who knows if Alex Grinch will be there or not. That's not my debate to have. That's what the other show could talk about for hours and hours on end because for whatever reason, I don't know. And then you got Arizona, who's been on the verge of beating SC on the road, been on the verge of scrapping with Washington, ready to knock down the doors, blew off, blew out Washington State, even worse than UCLA could have, even though the Bruins were right before halftime, almost on the door of breaking through and dominating that game more than they could have. Arizona is that game that's going to make or break UCLA's outside chance, in my mind, of making it to a Pac-12 championship game. They still need a lot to go right. You need Oregon to lose a couple of times. You'll need Utah and Oregon State or the tiebreakers to go right with a UCLA and SC and Oregon if things all play that way, or Utah, depending on how things play, with two losses. And if you want to get to a big-time bowl game, if you want to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl, if it's not a CFP, or somewhat battle as a two-loss team into the, the upper echelon of college football, that top 10, top 15 tier, and just say, hey, we were on the road against ranked teams with a younger quarterback, that's the difference. Arizona State, I think, will be a much tougher game than we think it should be, but they should beat Arizona State. The SC game, that's a whole fun story. The game's already sold out, I believe. And yet, I wonder what the USC fans will be thinking that game, considering they've already suffered two losses in back-to-back weeks, one conference loss. I have no idea what the USC defense will look like, and if it's looking bad, that means all good things for UCLA heading into that game, hopefully with a lot of confidence, potentially, on a four-game winning streak if the Bruins do things correctly. And then the Cal game could easily be that Saturday after Thanksgiving trap game against the Golden Bears. It's between navigating the excitement and the craziness of the Colorado games, beating Arizona or navigating Arizona in Tucson, getting revenge for that game in 2022 that took the Bruins truly out of the running for a Pac-12 championship game berth. And then you had all, then you have the big, the glitz and the glamour of playing USC and wanting to knock them off in the Coliseum, which could, could happen. It just got to wait to get there. And hopefully the Bruins will be healthy and have a clearer idea of who they have at quarterback. Or what's the game plan? Whether it's a healthier Colin Schley with a Garbers or more, or a combination of the two or three of them, whatever Chip Kelly decides to do and not tell us, hopefully they have a clear game plan because the run game has begun to work against Oregon State. It was doing so in incremental success rates against Washington State and easily ran through Stanford for the most part with some QB runs of Ethan Garbers. I think the Bruins have their chance. It comes down to lots of help. Utah, Oregon this week comes down to USC losing and beating the right teams. Unfortunately, if you you don't want to cheer for them, but the Bruins want to make a Pac-12 championship game, you're going to need that. But I do think the Bruins... Five wins right now. Five games that are all winnable. I'm not, they're not going to be favored at SC. And it'll be interesting to see the line at Arizona coming up on November 4th in the late night Pac-12 after dark game. The Bruins can get to 10 wins in the regular season. That's a scary statement to say. It's a scary thing to die on and hang your hat on. But it's doable. And this will tell us more about Chip Kelly building into the Pac-12. There's all... the we're such a unique fan base, right? It's Dante Moore is going to transfer. He sucks. Chip Kelly's the worst coach UCLA has ever had. He's great, and he's building from the ground up. There is no middle ground 
for growth. There is no yes, no in between. Maybe so. It, it is such a where the bro this this fan base we are so funny. I get told I'm funny, not like haha funny. You're you're funny, Zach. All right, that's what the UCLA fan base is. We're so fickle in a way that's hard to describe. And I think we just got to give the rest of the season to kind of play out. What's it going to look like? Will we find out if Garbers was taken out too soon? Certainly. Will Dante Moore, who of all the five-star freshman quarterbacks, is the one that's actually gaining time and learning how to play the position by getting game time experience against tough defenses on the road. And yet, are the Bruins building and succeeding at the same time in a year we didn't know that they could be successful? It's a weird time to say yes, but I think so. Now a flop in the back half of the season, then then the naysayers were right. But we're just in this weird crossroads again. Not CFP level at this moment. Not call it not Pac-12 championship good at this moment, but a program potentially building in the right direction. And that's what's in store for the rest of UCLA's Pac-12 season livelihood before we move to the Big Ten. And I think it's looking good. It's just coming up to performing. The defense continuing to do in what's week in and week out what they've done so far. And finding an answer at quarterback. Whether it's a dynamic answer, a growth answer, or the safe option. What is it to be? That's a Chip Kelly question. And I can't answer that, and he's not going to answer it either. Coming up next, speaking of answers, UCLA Women's Soccer is going to have an answer at their Pac-12 regular season champs. They want to be defending national champs, but they first have to look to lock up a conference crown The teams that are right below them in the standings that could potentially catch them, Cal, Stanford, SC, they play them all next in the coming weeks leading into the Halloween week and the beginning of November, right? This is a big weekend and week coming up for UCLA soccer. Let's check out. Let's take a look at the women. They're going to do something big. Let's talk about it next on Locked On UCLA. I'm not sure how many times I got to tell you more about prize picks, but it's up and coming. Prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You play against the numbers. I'm better playing against numbers when I'm looking at fantasy baseball and all these different things, right? Here, you can do so by going more or less on player stat projections. Two to six players, and your winnings roll in. You're not playing a shark. You're not playing that dude. If you're looking at me, and I'm looking at my father, and he just sits there on his couch every day, making analytics about different things for high school sports, college sports, and pro football projections, and he still doesn't win fantasy things, then that's because he's playing against people. Imagine if he did that against numbers, where he could calculate that. Me, you can do that against numbers. It's easy with quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous amounts of players and stat projections, which is why Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. You've got injury insurance. You're sitting there and you're looking at your player. You're like, he's going to ball out. Oops, down he goes on Saturday or Sunday or whatever day he's playing. You got injury insurance. That's why you got to check out prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college for a $100 deposit match. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college for a deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Cruising on, final segment of Locked On UCLA podcast. Zach with you guys. Hey, we're talking some UCLA women's soccer as the Bruins look to defend the spooky Bruins, look to defend their national championship back in 2022. Maybe 
in less dramatic fashion. We'll find out. UCLA currently at the recording of this podcast, 8-0 in conference, 7-0 at home, 14-1 overall, 11 straight wins since that early loss in August. August to BYU on the road, who had a brief, a brief, you know, short-lived run at the top, losing in Provo. And many teams go into Provo and don't come out a winner. They went dominant through September, a somewhat light schedule. And if I can do math, if I can do math, that's the big question here. I've done a little bit of math. 21 to 1. I believe the Bruins have outscored their opponents in the month of October for Marguerite Aozasa. 21 to 1. Outscoring Washington State 2 nothing, Oregon State 6 nothing, Oregon 4 nothing, Utah 4 nothing. That alone, 16 nothing. Then you're like, oh, Arizona, they go to Arizona. No, 20 to 1 after that if you beat the, the Wildcats 4 1. And in a late winter on a Sunday afternoon, Ryland Turner in the 89th minute squeaks one home to knock off the Sun Devils in Tempe. And it's 21 to 1. The Bruins have outscored their opponents in the month of October. Now the schedule gets even tougher. When it started by playing Arizona State, the Bruins were led by the 10th goal, the first double-digit score this season, and Ryland Turner's got 10, with Allie Cook closing in close behind her on both points and mostly goals. UCLA is a team that's they've got their work cut out for them coming up in the Pac-12 standings. ASU is in fourth place, and if they had beaten the Bruins, if they had snuck in a late goal, they would have been within two points of first place and still a few games to play. Cal, who is one of three unbeaten teams in conference play, will be coming to play UCLA pretty soon in Westwood. The Bruins got to be able to knock off the Golden Bears. And then, hey, the always crazy end of schedule battles, Stanford in the middle of the day on a Sunday. I know you want to watch your NFL. UCLA, Stanford, middle of the day. And then a Friday night showdown between the Bruins and the Trojans at Wallace Annenberg Stadium. Hey, remember, last year the Bruins didn't get things going right at the end of the regular season. It went awry against USC, and then they went on a run in the tournament, including the miracle comeback in the national championship game, and they won in overtime. So the Bruins are clicking in all cylinders, seeing most of the returners doing great things, even the newcomers from Marguerite Eozas says playing. Well, 21-1 to in October. Hey, that is the definition of being a spooky Bruin. The football team's got to do that. I know it won't be spooky when basketball season comes, but they've got to continue to be scary against the Golden Bears, the fake Bears, the real Bruins come to town, the real Bruins. And they got to chop down the tree one more time, this time football. Got to chop down the tree against the Stanford Cardinal. And if you do that, then the Bruins would wrap up a conference title. Two wins, and you wrap up a conference title. Because then that would put Stanford too far out of it to even catch up points-wise. And USC is still on the outside looking in, but they would love to ruin another season ending, regular season finale against UCLA. Still, UCLA had big things building and building. They had to, when the games were easy, they destroyed the competition. Hence, the month of October, extremely dominant. The team's at the top of the standings where it's a reverse schedule of sorts for UCLA, all the best teams at the back end, one would hope that's only going to help them build for the tournament and get to the College Cup again and dominate later in the season. 
That is if they can handle this tough stretch. I think they can. It's just a matter of, all right, can they handle one tough matchup, another? Or just this grind them down, wear out the players, wear out the roster, and put them at a disadvantage heading into the postseason. Only time will tell for Margaret Eozasa, but considering she did the right moves, the right things that led to a UCLA miracle comeback in the championship game itself, on top of a big run in the tournament, I think I trust her judgment in her second year. She's one for one. I think we'll see if she's two for two this year. Again, Cal, Stanford, USC, all right behind UCLA. And don't expect these five-goal outbursts consistently these next three games. will be a, a scrappy one-to-one, two-to-one, maybe a three-to-two if we're lucky, depending on how free-flowing the game is in a, a week against the Cardinal or when they play USC at home. All fun for UCLA, who doesn't have to travel for quite some time because they get to sit at home, probably host the first few rounds of the NCAA tournament, and then go and hopefully make it in amongst the final teams in the country to play for another college cup on the women's side. But still, they don't have to leave home probably for a month till after Thanksgiving. It's a good thing. Now can they go dominate the competition? That's what's up with UCLA women's soccer. 14-1, and one, the most recent rankings released, a little bit old on the NCAA website as the recording of this podcast the Bruins leaping up into the number two spot. Despite having a loss, a lot of these other teams have draws. The Bruins amongst the top two teams in the country maybe getting a favorable draw in the NCAA tournament. But as we saw, a lot of upsets, crazy things that could happen. The Bruins just got to take care of business and win a Pac-12 crown and then get the hosting rights until they got to travel for the College Cup. Capiche? There we go. Thanks for tuning into Locked On UCLA. Women's soccer is getting crazy. Men's and women's basketball about to start. Football, hey, the fun is going to happen pretty soon. The, the traveling circus of Colorado comes to town. We'll start talking about that. We'll talk about uniforms later in the week. Throwback Thursdays and everything for UCLA Colorado. Stay tuned on Locked on UCLA this week. Hit the subscribe, subscribe button, like the episode, comment what your thoughts are. Thanks for your support. Hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time, baby. And one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U, C, L, A, U, C, L, A. Fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.